Welcome to Nuanced Beauty, because the world is nuanced and we think that's beautiful. Hi guys, welcome back to Nuanced Beauty. Uh, This week, with the end of the new year upon us, I am bringing um, Sarah to you for an interview. Sarah is a life coach and she's an author of a book called All About Change, How to Successfully Make Personal Life Changes. She is an alumni from the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, like Bill and I, and a fun fact, uh, Mm -hmm. she was a senior when we were freshmen, and Bill was in the same company as Sarah, and she was the platoon commander, which means that she was responsible for his deck doing morning inspections. And uh, Sarah, you probably don't know this, but Bill picked up the phrase, yo, (laughs) from you. I did not know that. <laughs> so he says that phrase, and I don't even know if I said it right, but he uses that phrase and it came from you because I guess when you called him out for morning inspections, he would say, yo, uh, he would say that. And it, it took. I have not thought about that in going on like 12 or 13 years now. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you still say it or anybody, you know, tuning in today who knows you, they might be like, ah, yes, she does say that phrase. <laughs> I totally do that with my three-year-old. I'm like, yo, what are we doing? <laughs> so there you have it. It's it's good. It releases a little energy in that. It does. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, Sarah and I have not crossed paths since college. And honestly, having four years between us while we were at the academy, we did not chat like much, if at all. Uh, but that doesn't matter because as fellow alumni from our school, Uh, We can seamlessly roll in and out of conversations, and Mm -hmm. this is probably similar to a lot of other colleges or people who have served in military. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I wanted to bring her on, like I mentioned, to explore the topic of New Year's resolutions, change, and goal setting. Mm -hmm. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So excited to join your audience and to share whatever wisdom I might be able to depart (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, would you get us started by sharing a little more about yourself beyond uh, my intro? Sure. Uh, so right after college, I did something that only a small, not small, I guess it's gotten a lot bigger, but a fraction of the graduates from our school does. And I went active duty. I went to the Navy and I went and flew planes. Um, I always knew I had wanted to fly planes. Going to the Merchant Marine Academy was the path to get there for me. Um, And so I did that for 11 years and I enjoyed the heck out of it. It took me to really cool places. I met some really awesome people. My final assignment was with the White House, which is where I started to realize like, hey, I actually really enjoy this coaching thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It's part of our DNA as officers in the military. But when I was at the White House, it was more magnified because I was coaching younger sailors, airmen, Marines, coasties, um, on what they were doing oh, and soldiers, <laughs> we had them all and to what they might do next or what, how they might do something that we were doing at the house a little differently. And I started to realize like, Oh, this is what I enjoy. So I got my master's through Gonzaga university out in Spokane and got cool. a, a in leadership development, um, through them. And have, that just kind of adds to my credibility. And then we moved to Japan, which was a struggle, but 
I found a leadership place, a leadership seminar there that I began to work with and get involved with and just continue to grow myself in different ways there. Besides the job stuff, I am an avid runner. I've got two marathons that I've done, probably only going to do halves from now on. <laughs> oh, I was about to ask, are you like, you know, aspiring to do like ultra? Oh gosh, no, no. Oh, thank uh, you. Okay. <laughs> the back after flying planes for so long can only take so much. And I think it's telling me I can, that a half's where it's at. I've got a three-year-old. Well, she'll be three on the 22nd and she is just, she's everything in one moment to just destructive force the next moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. um, um, and now we're in Virginia and we're just loving having all of the cultural options here being in a big city. So that's me in a nutshell. Nice. Um, with your three-year-old. So I feel like she's past, past this point, but mm -hmm. a friend of mine, um, has like a 14 month ish old Ooh, yeah. and we were chatting and he's just in the super cute phase and she has a, a three-year-old as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I, she's like, it's just so cute. Right. Like at this stage, they're just so darn cute. And I was like, yes, they are controlled chaos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once they get to walking, it's like just chaos. They're no mm -hmm. longer controllable. <laughs> yes, exactly. The second my daughter learned how to walk, it was, she was already trying to figure out how to run. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh my gosh. That's fun. You guys have your hands full. Yes. Um, what did you, what did you fly in the Navy? I flew both the P3 and the P8. I was in the second squadron to get the P8 on board. Um, it's a 737, so it's okay. giant. I never landed on an aircraft carrier, which after spending <laughs> so much time at sea while we were at the Merchant Marine Academy, I was totally fine with. Uh -huh. The trouble with both of my planes is they can stay in the air for a really long time. Um, my longest flight on any plane it was the P3. We flew it for 14.2 hours. Oh my gosh. You and a co-pilot? So no, thank goodness. No, we, on long flights, we'll send out two full crews. Oh, uh, cool. So you can rotate okay. out, but oh my gosh, it's still, you're still in the air. And the P3 is kind of like riding in a red flyer wagon. So <laughs> you feel like you've been beaten up and bounced around. Oh my gosh. That's lovely. So those are, um, those are more cargo or do they do radar surveillance as well? So our official mission is uh, anti-submarine warfare. So we're sub hunters, okay. but we did so, a lot okay. more reconnaissance. We had some pretty badass cameras on board. So we did a lot more of that. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah. welcome ashore. Glad you're back side. You Me said too. Virginia. Yeah. Um, are you um, near, like, are you near DC then in Virginia? We are. We're just outside of DC in Springfield. So it takes us about on a good traffic day, 30 minutes to get downtown. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, on the life coach front, how many years have you been, um, working toward that? I know you mentioned getting your masters and doing some stuff over in Japan, yeah. but, um, how, how long has that been? So I started that in 2018. So, okay. you know, up math would make that almost six years, mm -hmm. almost. And I started in, so when I got out, I had to start my own business to be able to do it in Japan. And that was a whole learning curve in and of itself. Um, I've okay. continued to do continuing education. I have my um, ACC, which is Associate Certified Coach through the International Coaching Federation, 
which is one of those certificates that didn't exist 10 years ago, but lucky me now it does and everyone wants it and expects it. So I've been really working to continue to grow and get the next couple of certs in that. Um, okay. I enjoy the heck out of it. It's so much fun. Okay. Um, that kind of goes into the next question. What have you loved most about being a life coach? It's different every day. It's not a job that's, you know, you're not stamping tech you know, you're not stamping the same form every day. You're not working with the same people every day. You're not working heck, not even in the same place every day. It's mm -hmm. just something different every day. And it makes my mind have to roll with whatever comes my way. Okay. Um, okay. the people are different. I've worked with people who are in the Navy and in the, well, in the military in general, um, to movie producers, to executives in some amazing companies. It's, it's been cool. so much fun. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, such, uh, abilities for you to learn too. Like you're, you know, you're sort of being like paid to help them, but at the same time, I'm sure you are gaining just so much from them. I really am. Their perspectives are unique. Their challenges are so funny though, because a lot of the challenges are all the same, just the perspective or the angle that they're coming at it from is, okay. is the same thing. Like yeah. the foundational <laughs> hardships of life, uh, sort right. of go across anything. Yeah, exactly. Time management, stress management, um, difficult conversations, conflict. Yeah. They're all all the base foundational struggles plague everyone from high school <laughs> students to top tier executives. Go figure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Uh, with that, uh, what, what have you like enjoyed least about the job? Uh, the least enjoyable thing is that I tell people all the time, picture our coaching relationship, like a football game. I love football. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am the head cheerleader. I got the pom-poms, the megaphone, all the glitter and hairdo, you know, curls, bows, you can, ex you can imagine I'm over there waving my ready to play uh -huh. as hard as I can, but the coach can't put me on the field to take over for your quarterback. Uh, you are the quarterback. Okay. And that's the hardest part is when I see how much potential they have to really carry the proverbial ball and they don't They're maybe not yeah. clicking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now a lot of people do I would say a solid 95 percent of my clients are are crushing it <laughs> but but there are those few that that's a major block for them they want someone to do it for them and I'm like that's not what I do I don't I can't do this for you mm-hmm Oh, I think, I think I would enjoy that too. And I think I would also get worn out by it because yeah. I think in, in any, uh, professional role role, and then, uh, even more so it really, um, hammered the nail for me is in having children, mm. like, uh, having to understand what you can and cannot control and where your boundary of influence is and mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. is just like, Oh, it's, it's a daily grind. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It really is. You want to do everything for them. Our current struggle in our house is my daughter trying to take off her shirt by herself. Oh yeah. Well, I want okay, her so to learn. In one sense though, um, cause my, I feel a little bit, maybe my six year old, like that kind of came at kindergarten, mm -hmm. but my two and a half year old, he has, he has, he's got it, you know, yeah. like he is all about changing and he wants mm -hmm. to do that. And mm -hmm. it's interesting to see what a uh, skill set. <laughs> so in your case, it sounds like she's a little more like my two-year-old who's 
uh, like aware and like, oh, I know how to take off my shirt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, Okay. Well, one of the concepts you explore early on in your book is having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we dive a little further into the concept of New Year's resolutions and setting goals, I think we should start here. Uh, Would you mind giving the audience a definition of growth and fixed mindset? Absolutely. I'm, I feel strongly on this topic, which is why I included it in the book because people get, people get it wrong or not necessarily people, social media, society, news, whatever. People are overusing the growth mindset term and are watering it down so much. So to really understand it, you've got to go back to Dr. Carol Dweck's original research back in late eighties, early nineties. She's with Stanford. And she gave a group of, I think it was eight-year-olds, eight or 10-year-olds, some math problems that were just slightly too hard for them. Mm -hmm. And then she observed their reactions. And the eight-year-olds who essentially said, forget this, it's too hard, and got mad about it, were the kids that were in this fixed mindset because they believed that they would not be able to solve this puzzle that their skill sets and their knowledge was fixed and wasn't going to change enough to allow them to solve this problem. Okay. Whereas the kids who kept trying or came and asked her for some information or tried, some of them got together and tried to work together on it. Those are the kids with a growth mindset. And what she means there is that they recognize their limitation. They recognize that the problem is too hard for them but they want to try to solve it. So they come up with other ways of either gaining the information, collaborating, tried other approaches to the problem, all of this in order to attempt to get over this hurdle. So that's what a growth mindset is, is that you recognize that something is hard. And instead of flipping a table, <laughs> throwing the towel. Yeah. Throwing it. Right. Yeah. You, you buckle down and say, okay, well, what do I need in order to overcome this? And that's, that's the basic definition is of looking beyond yourself or looking for the help that you need to overcome your circumstance is what a growth mindset is. Okay. Um, so in, uh, reading through the book, uh, I was, I was thinking about that and I'm wondering, uh, do you think that we can find ourselves oscillating between the two mindsets or maybe a particular life situation or a particular, um, season or even a particular relationship could be sort of shaped and kind of framed in a growth or a fixed mindset? Oh yeah, for sure. I think as human beings, we naturally gravitate initially to what's easy and what's easy is throwing in the towel, flipping the table saying, it's too hard. I'm going to sit here in my fixedness and do whatever this is. Be in my comfort. (laughs) It's comfortable. It's we exactly that you've gotten comfortable in whatever it is, your relationship, your career, your, um, whatever your circumstances, it's comfortable. It's fine. But then you, eventually should get to a point where you're like, is it really fine? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where, okay. Right. Uh-huh. Motivation can be, is what comes here. Like, what is the motivation then that gets you to shift into that growth mindset? What's that motivation that's going to get you to say, no, I can get past this, but what do I need in order to get past it? Um, mm-hmm. it's, you watch those shows on people who are hoarders. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's such, that's such an example there. I love those because they're fixed and they see nothing wrong with their situation until they do. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and when really the magic overcoming happens. and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm, yeah. I, um, I was reflecting on growth and fixed mindsets and what came to mind for me is in regards to, uh, working out, because I think in a lot of areas of life, I would fall into a growth mindset. I, I, I really do. I'm just so curious and I'm such a like passionate pursuer of things, mm-hmm. but if it is something that I have stubbornly decided, it's like, I'm not going anywhere with it. And for me in the realm of working out and health, I have continued to pursue, but I always catch myself falling back into this kind of fixed mindset of, um, for example, setting goals for working out X number of times a week. If Mm -hmm. I do not hit that number, I am so quick to just like discredit any of the progress that I made in the first place. And find myself back in that sort of, that sort of fixed mindset of like, okay, this isn't worth pursuing because I'm not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, ah, yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's an easy one. Uh, well, not an easy one, but that's a common one is what I mean. That's a common one where people are like, oh, the workout thing or the health thing or the whatever thing. And when I'm working with a client on that, I ask them, what's your model? Are you modeling the end result? for something that actually is you, or are you modeling it after like mm. the, the super fitness nut that you think you should be? Uh-huh. Um, so maybe lofty expectations, like unrealistic expectations. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to quote you from page 54 in all about change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before I do that, has anyone quoted you yet? Uh, not live. No. Okay. Okay. Well, take note. (laughs) Um, on 54, uh, you have this simple sentence that I loved and I highlighted (laughs) no change ever stands alone. Yours or the changes of those you can help. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask, how would you encourage people to see the magnitude or perhaps the extent of how change can impact themselves but also people around them or people they haven't met yet. Yeah. Change can be such a domino effect to use another really visual metaphor. And if you're stuck thinking about striving for something, but you're in that fixed space, right? And we talked about how motivation has to come and play a part in it. If you're stuck, continue to be stuck in that fixed space, that person who is either a family member or a friend or a, um, someone you haven't met yet, you don't know that they're that domino standing right next to you waiting for you to show them it can be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I talk a lot about this in, when it comes to families with either finances, getting their finance together or with the weight loss journey or um, a career change that needs to happen so they can be home more with their families. 
they get the tunnel vision of, I need to do this for me. And there's a lot of me's and eyes flying around. And it's like, well, have you asked your kids? Have you asked your spouse? Have you asked those direct reports you have at work, what this change would mean for you um, and for them? And they're like, eyes light up, get as big as golf balls. And it's like, no, I haven't thought about that. And so I encourage those conversations to then happen, especially in the workspace when you've got direct reports and you've got a manager and I'm working with the manager and I'm like, why, why don't you ask your direct reports what this change in procedure, this change in policy, this change in, if you got promoted, how they see that changing their world. And it's like this light bulb goes up and they're like, oh yeah, I should get that perspective. I should get that input. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then it gives it's back to the corporate example. It gives, if it's a promotion, like the manager's thinking about seeking a promotion and they're asking for feedback on how they can improve. There is then this, oh, if you're leaving, maybe then I can get promoted. And now there's some motive, there's some drive that comes back into that space. If it's at home and it's like you're looking to change careers so you can be home more. The kid who wasn't doing sports or wasn't doing after school activities is like, oh, I'm going to have somebody who can take me to things and their world just expands. Mm -hmm. It's, it really is a domino effect. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. Cause I, I mean, yeah, from a corporate side, I'm thinking it's, it's director level thinking, like mm -hmm. getting out of your day to day and, mm -hmm. and trying to envision or like think in big picture perspective of how it's impacting. And then the, the beauty of how that motivates, how it can motivate others, but then it can also motivate you. And so mm -hmm. it reciprocates itself there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hop into new year's resolutions. Um, yeah. some folks love them mm -hmm. and I would say are ritualistic about reflecting and setting goals. Uh, some folks are super cynical and they avoid all talks like the plague. <laughs> and then I feel like other folks fall into this category of, I'm going to casually approach this one. I've got this hint of optimism with the new year. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm not surprised come February when my plans totally fizzle out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, where do you land on the spectrum of setting or forgetting new year's resolutions? Do it set a new year's resolution. I don't believe for a second that in life you can thrive without having a goal. And it doesn't have to be earth shattering. Like you don't have to be the person who's trying to reach, well, Mars is already in route. You don't have to be the person who wants to reach some other planet. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> it can be something like, uh, you want to start dressing more professional. Mm -hmm. You want to ditch the Crocs and the sweatpants and you want to start dressing more professional. It can be that unique and tailored. Um, it doesn't have to be earth shattering, but we as humans need goals to thrive. So that's where I stand on it. I like it. I, um, I think in, in most ways I, I fall into that category. I think occasionally I go into that cynical, but the thing that is cynical for me is, um, the idea of, um, 
that it has to happen on the New Year's? Like, why does everybody mm. get this gusto around this particular time? <laughs> and why can't you just have gusto going into each day or each week or each month? You know, like mm -hmm. the making of you is in each day. And so I, I do have, I have this own little nuanced tension in myself yeah. where I, I like appreciate the, um, ritual part and I'm growing to appreciate mm -hmm. that. But then I have this cynical, you know, <laughs> bug in my ear. That's like, well, why is that such a big deal? Like, why can't you just <laughs> do it today? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think it makes it approachable for when we start people with building habits, we start with the daily, but we also put, have them set a really long range one as well. So you can see the end result in your mind's eye. I think mm -hmm. that's, um, but then you break it down into the smaller daily steps. Mm -hmm. Um, with that, I wanted to, um, frame these next questions, uh, toward someone who would be in favor of at least considering setting a resolution or setting mm -hmm. a goal. And, um, I wanted to ask you for some advice and kind of framing this around the dreaming, the executing and reflecting. So let's start mm -hmm. with the dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, what tips would you have on setting resolutions? Mm. Well, I gave you the one just now that set the long range, but then break it down into the bite-sized chunks, be mm -hmm. it by monthly check-ins, be it by weekly, whatever you need to do and actually give those really specific milestones. But my biggest tip for new year's resolutions, because what do we hear all the time? We hear people like this year, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to get in the gym, or this is the year that I'm going to get my finances together. or I'm going to make that career change. Uh -huh. But they've been saying that for five years. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so don't set the same resolution you've had for five, 10, 15, whatever years, unless you actively plan to do something different. Mm -hmm. So like, what do I mean by that? Uh, I work a little bit in the wellness space with my other business of Arbon, And one of the ones we hear is I want to lose weight. Great. So if that's been your blanket goal, what are you going to do different to accomplish it? Are you going to add in some health products? Are you going to actually add in or um, cut out dairy? Are you going to cut mm -hmm. out something? What's your plan? Actively plan to do something different. If you're going to set the same resolution. I like that. And that, that almost goes it back into your first tip of like, uh, bite, ch bite size chunks there, because mm -hmm. that, um, lose weight is, uh, yeah. not clearly defined, mm -mm. uh, not actionable. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the next question is kind of in that executing phase. And I guess this ties into the last one. So maybe if you have any other thoughts on this tips on accomplishing said resolutions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm make them realistic and specific. So I love the SMART acronym, which is specific, measurable, uh, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. I love that. It's don't reinvent the wheel. They may, they already did it for you. Write that thing down, put your resolution next to it and make it really specific. So if your goal is to lose weight, how much, to what end, is it not a much, maybe it goes into your health numbers with your, and you're working with your doctor and really your goal is to lower, lower your blood pressure or your resting heart rate or whatever. Um, and realistic don't have the model in mind of like, 
I don't know. Let's think of a supermodel. Don't want to be Cindy Crawford. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kardashian sister. Uh-huh. Right. They have a very large budget to maintain that aesthetic. Okay, guys? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You have to make it realistic to you. Um, yeah. Make it something that is actually achievable. Like you want to get in the best health of your life. You want to get to the dress size you're in in college. I don't know, but don't want to, don't have pictured in your mind someone else. Picture yourself. And then when you're reflecting on the progress, any progress is progress. Any step forward is a step forward. But also give yourself grace to know step backwards are going to happen. That cheeseburger and burger night and beer night is going to happen. It just, (laughs) it just is. Um, And when those nights happen or when those trips happen, be like, okay, go back to that whole growth mindset thing. What did I learn here? I learned that this happened for X, Y, Z reason. And now how do I move forward? How do I, how do I get back on track? Don't throw in the towel and say it's all over because I had a burger and a beer one night in a weak moment Mm -hmm. and move on. Um, Like any self grace. Uh Exactly. Exactly. Um, Uh, The last part of the question here, I wanted to ask tips on reflecting on your progress. Yeah, I, so I love the SMART acronym. My add to the SMART acronym is an exclamation point at the end. You have to celebrate it and not just at the end, celebrate it along the way. So when you set those, those milestones towards accomplishing your big overarching resolution, set the milestone and then how you celebrate it, set the milestone and how you celebrate it. So for somebody who wants to be more present for their family, mm-hmm. um, and they are getting your, they're making progress. They've now maintained having a week at night, a week, sorry, a day they take off early from work in their home earlier. Then you celebrate by watching a movie with your kid or, um, doing something that kind of locks in the accomplishment. Like I have been doing great at this. So here's how I celebrate. Don't wait till the end to celebrate it as you are planning your reflections. Yeah. I like that. It's a, it's sort of tying in with the act of being present. Mm -hmm. Uh And I hope that could be, that could be a great motivator. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, uh, do you keep a journal at all or would you recommend that? I'm kind of thinking that might be another way to as you're reflecting on progress, um, looking back in a journal, if, uh, you do, you know, they have like the year long journals and such. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never done the, done one myself. (laughs) I, so I tell people to find the thing that works for you. Journaling doesn't work for me. I have awful handwriting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just terrible handwriting. Um, but what does work for me is I have a Garmin watch. And so I set it up to tell me, like it sends me little balloons or I think it actually, it's firework little things when I accomplish different goals. Like I set a goal and when I accomplish it, it does little fireworks. Uh Um, I have a, I have another client or not another, I have a client who asked their sister to send them congratulations cards when they reach certain points in their personal journey to visit family more. Oh, I like that accountability and like, uh, recognition Mm -hmm. from someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a way of tracking like a journal would be, Uh but 
it was their unique way. So I tell people, find the way that works for you to track your progress so that it sticks. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we're, we're wrapping down on time. Uh, so let's hop in, uh, book recommendations. We are big fans of reading books, uh, because, uh, we think that's where you can really dive into a topic and lean into the concept of nuanced beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that you too are Mm -hmm. leaning into reading books and doing audio books and, since it's the end of the year, let's go with what has been your favorite fiction and nonfiction read in 2023. Yes. First, audiobooks is where it's at, y'all. That's I how know. I read just about <laughs> anything. Um, you're uh-huh. a mom. I'm a mom. How much time do we spend in the car? <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> audiobooks, where it's at. Um, my favorite uh, nonfiction book of the year is called wave. It's wave. brace yourself for it because it is pure tragedy. Um, okay. but the resilience that this woman had to show and had to demonstrate and learn to grow from what happened to her. Um, so it's by, I'm going to, I'm going to try on this name. It's by Sonalia, uh, Sonalia D we'll call her it's called wave she lost her entire family in a tsunami her whole family and the just the lesson in resilience and strength of willpower was it's worth the read um and my non-fiction sorry my fiction book is not really a fiction book it's fiction light we'll call it because it's a historical fiction book it's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. The Guernsey, what? The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Ann Schaefer. Um, It's, it opened up a part of World War II history that I had not heard of. And it did it in novel form, which is the only way I like to consume history. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. I will, um, I will put those, I'll look them up on Amazon. I'll include in the show notes, a link to the books and confirm yeah. with you before I, I put this out here. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, where can people find and connect with you to get further resources or input? Yeah. Um, so I'm on my most active, my most, I'm most active. There's words on Instagram at Sarah underscore Carter underscore coach. Um, that's where you'll see me the most frequently. And then my website is where you can really connect with me, which is in with the new you.com in with the new you.com. And then, um, do you, um, like if someone, uh, wants to connect for life coaching, do you do, um, uh, what's the word not in person virtual. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I do virtual coaching. Um, and I have a, a, an introductory free 30 minute session where we can explore together of if it's a good fit. Um, and I highly recommend that to anyone who's thinking about life coaching is give the freebie a whirl and see what it's all about. Okay. And if you mesh with the coach and everything. Okay, exactly. Well, lovely. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this was a great combo. I think our audience will totally, uh, eat this up because it's new year's and everybody and their brother is going to be talking about or avoiding talking about new year's resolutions. (laughs) It's so true. Thank you for having me. It's been a true pleasure. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the spirit of nuance, I hope you found something that you could agree with and you could disagree with and still choose to lean in. Give us a follow rating and review and consider sharing this episode with a friend to continue the dialogue and help us grow. Until next time. Thank you.